Hey, hello, welcome. This is Pepin from Pepin Reacts. And today we have another exciting episode of a show that I've heard very good things about. My reaction is going to be done with my best friend. His name is Meter. Meter, how you doing? Hi, I'm here too. All right. I am just excited. And also, w welcome, Meter. I, I, I didn't mean to just push off to your hi, I'm oh, here no, too. Oh, no, no. That was the most important thing I'm going to say this whole time. Now, this show I've heard a lot about. Uh, number one thing is that it involves cooking math. And, like, I'm excited. I, I, I've been interested in the uh, meth game for quite a while. Uh, I've done some research, documentaries, some uh, how to cook guides. And I don't know what the series is going to be about exactly, but all I can say is I can't wait. This is definitely going to be very informative for you and your recreational activities. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, y you know, like, w what better way of spending time than, you know, cooking meth? Uh, now, we do have some comments on the last video. I'm not sure which video I'm talking about, but, uh, uh, Meter, you want to address that one comment that was there? Oh, the big, the big one? Y yeah, the big the, one. The one that we liked or the one that everyone else liked? Uh, well, okay, you, you can do a little bit of both there, but, uh. Okay, we'll start. We'll start with uh, Kira one six eight. He says, "Hey, this isn't Death Note." Well stated. Mm. I mean, it may or may not be Death Note, depending on if you're hallucinating or not. So, I, I like you can say that's true, certainly, but you know, maybe if you're in some state of mind, it, it's true. So, uh, at least give us that out there. Yeah. Definitely this, uh, if there's one thing for sure, it's that this is not Death Note. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, the other comment, discuss something about elephants, if I recall. Mm-hmm. It says, hey, can you guys discuss something about elephants? Okay. I don't know if that's really going to be possible. I mean, I, I used to be some sort of elephant expert back when I was in kindergarten, and it, that was just a long time ago. I don't know, 10 years, maybe like 11 years. And so my ability to kind of recall that far back is just not quite there. But Meter, I, I know that you've had some experience with elephants. Uh, what, what illumination can you provide on that subject? Uh, the elephant is also known as a pachyderm. Is that real? Had you considered that? Had you considered that? Did you just pull that out of your ass, or is that is, is that factual? There's only one way to find out. In the episode. <sighs> now, this reaction it's sponsored by our friends at Hotspot.com. They have been forever to sort. <laughs> Hotspot.com. <laughs> yeah, it's porn. <laughs> is it? No. Oh god. oh god. But that was a funny <laughs> sentence to say. If if we were supported by porn, <laughs> that would be quite incredible because number one, porn is a multi-million dollar industry. So that would make us awesome. Like we'd have a lot of money backing us. But number two, I mean, we're hot. We need hot stuff backing us because it's just synthetic. It's or symbiotic. It's a very good idea. You could get a hot spot online.club for 99 cents. 
or hotspot.tech for $3,299.99. Are you saying that we could buy our sponsor? Saying if we bought the sponsor, then we'd owe us money. So maybe we don't do that. Well, couldn't that be a great idea? Because we pay ourselves money from the company and then we can just kind of you know, suck it dry of its resources. Fire all the staff, go to their home, take their money that they owed us from the times we pay them, and oh. then make rich. Infinite money. Yeah. Yeah. You do an ad, get paid, and then that payment equals more money. This is probably the best idea we've ever had. But I'm going to try out my first venture of cooking meth to see how that goes first. Because who knows? Idea. Maybe this venture won't even be worth it compared to the money I'll be making. That's a really good point. This is turning into a podcast, not an opening. So we should have a podcast about making meth, is what you're saying. Nailed it. Now, this reaction may or may not be a time race reaction. I don't know. Uh, I haven't gotten to that point yet. I'm just endless building up the episode queue. So we're going to get to this in about 20 seconds. Uh, when I say 20 seconds, I mean five, four, three, two, one. So that was another fantastic episode of a show that I have never seen before. I mean, not this episode, at least, called Breaking Bad, season six, episode two. Now, this episode, oh, it happened. I can't quite describe it. This episode, I would say, is actually more of a comedy than any other episode we've seen. Like, I, 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 I don't know if they're writing this straight or if I'm just the way I'm reading it is coming off as funny. But uh, I, I don't know, just, just, just a lot of humor. The only thing that really wasn't humorous there was like uh, Hank's whole situation, I guess. But even that, that was, I mean, I mean, it's almost like the Office kind of like humor where it's just very awkward to watch and you just like just feel comfortable i mean there's the whole dramatic part where you know turtle blows up and stuff and that's not so funny but uh, yeah this episode was like a comedy uh oh, what are your thoughts it, it, progressed, on the it progressed everything the, i think it did uh when there were huge progressions that's are setting up, and it also set up a lot of, a lot of uh, foreshadowing for things like it said the cartel is getting involved now, which is a big deal, and um, everything, everything with Hank kind of set up his current situation and what that means, and just a lot of a lot of change in this episode. Hmm. From it kind of showed the change of previous. All, every previous episode mm-hmm. till now. Introduce new characters. So, introduce new characters. Okay, yeah, that one guy. Yeah, see that. That's the well, one. yeah, Ted and all of the people in Hank's apartment. And it really actually gave, it gave Jane a name and like showed... Her and Jesse progressed as a progression. Oh, that that's which kind of introduced her as a character, if you will. Okay, Jane. Okay, let's kind of remember that Jane, goth girl or scene girl, I think scene girl. Okay, so 
let's let's start at the top here. And this, I'm gonna have you explain to me. I just got really confused by that whole first part. Like I didn't feel like I was actually watching Breaking Bad. And I also kind of felt like we accidentally skipped the season five. So I I I should have paid more attention to the lyrics they're singing, but I was just more like what is this? So uh the the plot of the song was uh the the blue drugs have made a name for themselves everybody wants them and they've even gotten down to mexico now and that that is cartel territory the cartel's about respect and they feel disrespected so nobody has ever been able to escape the ire of the cartel uh, and Heisenberg is a dead man, even though he doesn't know it yet. But they also did say nobody has seen Heisenberg's face, so they don't know who Heisenberg is. So his anonymity, that word, uh, is working in his favor, but it's only a matter of time before the cartel kill him. Uh-huh. Huh. All right. It's kind of setting setting a stage, if you will, and doing it in the style of, you know, a... Uh, uh, what uh Mexican mariachi band. Mm-hmm. They've been doing a lot of that stuff, and I'm not quite sure why, where the beginning of the episode always kind of alludes to future plot details. Like, the whole thing with, like, the uh, thing in the water, or I don't know what that was. I teddy think bear? Yeah, teddy bear, but then there's also, like, the uh, Tuco's thing being found somewhere. And I feel like they've done it once or twice. Also, there's an episode where Walt blew up the building. Like, they do that a lot there. I'm not really sure why. I I, I guess it's a little bit of foreshadowing in some sort of way, but I don't know if it's necessary. But I think maybe in this instance it is kind of necessary because how is it going to show the cartels trying to go after them without, I don't know, kind of setting up exposition-wise? And you can do it kind of clunkily. But I guess this is a fun way to do it. Yeah, uh, you'll get used to the whole um, musical, like using music to to tell plot thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it's it, it's it's kind of a staple because like not a lot of other shows have done that before, and Ed Gilligan did it on this show and did a really good job with it. I think so. I think case in point, though, is that uh, next episode or the next time this happens, I'm going to have to actually pay attention to it and, and, and not just, like, be confused and just, and, and just uh, okay. I'll say, hey, Meter, is this the right episode? You'll say, yes. And I'll be like, okay, let me read the lyrics here. Perfect. Okay. So there was, I think, one, two, three, four different plot threads this episode. Let me just try to list them here. So there was the Skyler one, the Hank one, the Walt one, and the Jesse one. Yeah, I mean, Walt and Jesse are pretty near the same, but um, Jesse's Jesse does have a separate one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where do you think would be the most, uh, the best apt for first discussion? Uh, let's start with Hank. Okay. I want to hear your thoughts on that whole situation. So Hank is just feeling super awkward, like in this whole thing. I'm surprised he took the job number one. I feel like he was kind of felt he had to, because it was 
maybe a bit of pride there. And so he does it. And I guess he's down in Los Alamos or I don't know where it is. Uh, El Paso. El Paso, uh, which is in Texas. That's right. That's a, okay. And so he's down there and he tries to do the kind of bonding kind of stuff that he would do back at his old office. And it's just not working. And I think the function of this this office is just like way different than the other office. It's it's just a different environment. And part of that must be, you know, might be like that they're dealing with far more serious stuff, you know, kind of as shown in later parts of the episode. So he's just feeling like super like awkward and out of place. And then what ends up happening is they start speaking a bit of Spanish there. And uh, Hank's not getting it. And at this old office, he could be kind of just making fun of people for knowing Spanish or speak, speaking Spanish. He's like, ah, no, hablo espanol. No, ha, 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 ha. But here, everyone speaks it and they're getting jokes that he's not getting. And he just feels like, like out. And also beyond that, uh, they're, they're calling him uh, Shader or I, I don't know what his last name is, but like Shader or something like that instead of Hank, where if we know him as Hank, so that also makes him feel extra alienated. And that's what makes us feel alienated for him too because... It's almost like we're seeing him from a different lens. And we can we can kind of open up discussion just right at that point, let's say the office scene. Was there anything that uh, I may have missed there or anything that you noticed that was interesting? Yeah, I think there's a big theme in Hank's situation right now of him getting closer to like the actual, uh, like what he actually is doing, right? Because... When he was in in New Mexico, it's one thing because he, he's locationally is a distance away. He also doesn't speak that language, and uh, he's further from Mexico, which is where a lot of these drugs are coming from in the first place. So he has this kind of disconnect between him and what he's actually fighting against. Now he is physically closer in a in a like locational sense, and. Uh, they're speaking the same language, so he's closer in a cultural sense. Mm-hmm. And then that guy has their saint on his desk and talks about, know your enemy, because then you won't have fear in battle. Like it, He is getting closer to the source of what he fights against. And I think that as well makes him a little uncomfortable. Hmm. 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 There's something to that, which... I'm not, I'm not I'm like, like, because a lot of this, this story is about dealing with side effects of, of life and problems. And like, Walt's whole journey is about him being fed up with small problems of life. And I guess being dealt with a big problem of life and the stupid side effects that cause. And then him trying to just handle it all, like with something else and through that creation or through that solution he's been creating so many other problems for like other people like almost in like a karmic effect and then hank was kind of a solver of these small problems and now in a way he's been dealt a big problem and i think there's some parallelism here between walt and hank because maybe not super similar but walt has, was in this kind of helpless sort of state and just didn't know what to do, had no control. And that's kind of the, the jux or the position that Hank's been kind of thrown into here with the new job. Was that was yeah. that crazy speak or? No, 
uh, that all that all makes sense. I think also uh, there's there's a couple more things on this. One being that Hank is like he. Oh, let me. So Hank left Alba left Albuquerque, left New Mexico, and in doing so, Walt is now expanding his empire. So in a way, Hank leaving and like trying to get closer to the source. And being like, it's interesting, they pulled him out of New Mexico because they wanted to put a star person who's really good at what they do in stopping drugs in a place where he can stop more drugs. And by doing that, at the same time, the impetus of where the drugs are coming from is actually exploding in the place they just took Hank out of. Hmm. So how would that have changed the current situation in New Mexico and Walt's situation if Hank was still in there trying to block that instead of over here completely pulled away in a way they weakened their defenses and allowed for this explosion to happen would jesse have been hmm. caught if hank was there who knows that's right there's real irony with that hmm. yeah because huh. interesting and the the other the other part was you you mentioned kind of a duality between hank and and Walt, but I think there's also uh, an antithesis there between the two because the closer that Walt gets to danger and to uh, like uh, the drugs in general and all of that, the bigger Walt gets and the deeper he gets into that stuff, the deeper he gets into it, the more like the better he feels, the more he feels like he, he's fucking loving this mm. and he, the more comfortable he is. And Hank's kind of the opposite where he is getting deeper and deeper into this whole thing. And the deeper he goes, the more uncomfortable he's getting. Mm. So there's kind of a, an anti uh, duality between them and that they're you know, a coin with, with two sides. Hmm. It's kind of ironic that works out that way. I mean, it's the plot. To the point where, right now, with the plot, it makes perfect sense based off the characters we've seen. But if you're to go to, like, the first episode or first season, it's not quite something you could see or predict. Or maybe you can see, like, inklings of it. But you would think that Hank is the one that... I mean, he puts out, like, that machismo kind of a spirit. And you think he'd be okay with these escalating ventures of danger. But really, he's not. He's just putting on a show. And then Walt, you'd think, is not about that, at least based off the first episode. Uh, that's not true, because the first episode, I think, established kind of the seed of the character to become, like, how it becomes. But even then, you know, it, it's not something you would assume necessarily it, it, on a cursory glance. So it is kind of intriguing how those two characters see, like, like they, they appear opposite ways, but really they're, they're opposites in the other way. Yeah, they both are wearing asks to their family and the public is the opposite of how they norm how they actually are and those masks are opposites of each other hmm hmm that's, that's super interesting so moving on to the little next piece here with the hank story so they are at this guy's place named the turtle and i believe you saw the turtle on the turtle oh was that was that like a, a tortoise uh, anyway yeah so okay that that, that, you also saw him in the opening when they were doing the um, mariachi thing. Yeah, he was in those scenes a little bit every time they were talking about the cartel and mm -hmm. tying him to the cartel early. And then you see him again with the DEA now, kind of 
uh, you know, making a deal so you can kind of put two and two together into what was happening. Okay. So he was involved in the cartel. He had details. And then the, the way these DEA agents were dealing with them was kind of weird. That might actually be how they'd actually deal with them. I don't know. Because I think the way I would expect would be more like the Hank kind of route. And that's what Hank likes doing. But uh, the way they kind of dealt with him was just like appease him. Like they talk about getting him like a baseball and rugs and stuff like that. Which, okay, I guess. And then he called himself the turtle because, uh, you know, he, he works slow. Sounds like this isn't the first time he's ratted someone out. If we're to like implicate from that. And then Hank's getting really annoyed. So he tries to like show off a little bit and it it doesn't even backfire that's the issue because if it backfired that'd be one thing but it didn't even backfire so like hank had no effect i i, I guess what it is, is is it's that extra layer of helplessness there or like uselessness or uncontrolled because if it backfired at least he has control over that backfire he caused something to you know be in effect but really what happened is he threw it out there the guy just kind of said, you don't matter. Learn some Spanish. And then uh, also he got reduced to uh, a whiteboard or something like that. And not like even uh, whatever's Schrader. And then the guy just moved right on. Everyone just moved past like nothing happened. Like he actually was just, he could have not been there and the same thing would have happened. It is nice that it shows Hank, like across the board, Hank is still being Hank. He's not trying to fit in. In that way, he the only time that he like tried to fit in outside of his character was to laugh along when he didn't get the joke in the office scene. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, like Hank is still very much being Hank, uh, which is is uh, nice to see from my perspective, because I don't I like when people are just themselves and genuine. And that seems to be where Hank's at right now. And but yeah, he tried to to be his how he how he's used to handling situations like this and it was pretty ineffective i wouldn't say it was it had no repercussions though because it did label him as a loudmouth. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah with his co-workers i i guess i guess that's true uh though he didn't affect the situation though he true. did affect the situation with his co-workers because now does it see him as like an incompetent baboon who just kind of loudmouthing? But the thing is, that strategy he used was effective, like where he was. But whether it's a matter of these cartels just do things differently, or if it's just the operations they have down there are different, you know, it's just not going to work in that environment. Mm -hmm. it, it, also, the turtle kind of knew he had he had a hand to play there, so uh, there's that too. Mm -hmm. Like, like, he knows he's essential to all this, so he's going to get his worth. Yeah. Oh. So, from that point, they essentially are at the scout site, which we can assume the turtle was uh, uh, responsible for divulging. And uh, they're speaking Spanish behind his back and kind of like dissing him. And kind of like I was saying during the reaction, there's one few like possibilities there. Uh, one... Hank just kind of intuited they're talking shit and was just kind of, you know, 
getting kind of uh, disheartened by it. Or number two, uh, Hanks was trying to learn a bit of Spanish there because he was realizing he was kind of a bit behind and not like fitting this culture yet. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's probably a little bit of both, right? He probably had both senses there. I think he actually is trying to learn Spanish because why, why wouldn't you? You're like, oh, this this job needs Spanish. I didn't quite realize that was a requirement. Now I need to kind of study up on some Spanish. And I, I think he's responsible enough to kind of think through that. But they have a little back and forth. He spots a turtle or he spots the guy kind of going across the way and he's on a turtle or tortoise, probably a tortoise because it's not in water, I guess. It's a tortoise. His name's Tortuga. Oh. Which means the tortoise. And it they're alluding to the tortoise and the hare when he said, I move slow, but I always win. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they have his head on the tortoise. And I don't really get this plot-wise. They all just kind of go down there to check it out. And they get their M16s and everything. And it seemed a little bit careless. That was kind of my thought. Because it's like the first thing I think with that is like ambush. Now, as far as we can tell, it wasn't actually an ambush. It was just a setup or like a a, a trap. Maybe trap would be the, the better word for it. But the first thing I expected is they get there to check it out. And then they just get like shot up at all sides, you know, by people hidden in the bushes. So mm-hmm. it seemed really careless to me what they did. But it, it's a TV show, so I, I'm going to have to uh, give it some, some, some leeway. But uh, before we get into the next section, I just want to make sure that you don't have any thoughts to discuss? Okay. So, uh, they z- see his head on the turtle or the tortoise. And something I'm surprised about is that they didn't protect him. Because I thought what happened is that when, like, a, like a informant gives information and they're doing this whole big, you know, raid or whatever that they would keep him in some sort of custody or in some sort of, like, uh, like armed civilians or something. And maybe that wasn't possible or maybe he didn't care about this guy too, too much, but I don't know. It seemed a little bit strange. But anyway, they, they got him. They put his head on a tortoise. A little bit metaphor right there. And uh, that was their gift. And then hank is having a hard time with the brutality and the graphicness of it because he's never seen anything like that i mean he had a hard enough time with the shootout let alone that and they're all just like like uh, making fun of him for it and then uh he goes to get a bag you know just a way to get away and then tortoise blows up and a bunch of people get blown up essentially one guy loses his leg the others they might be dead but they might just be like knocked out. It's kind of hard to say at this point. But Hank is just like confused, and he's just in a mix of just confusion and just like I don't even know. And he's trying to keep it together. He does put that uh, belt around the guy's leg to keep him from bleeding out. So he is still holding together to some degree. But it's kind of it's kind of weird, interesting and weird that we get these new characters and they may have been killed off in the first little bit here. Yeah, no, very true. I think it goes back to something I've said before, and that's in moments of of panic and like really bad, stressful moments. That's when you want Hank there. 
And even in when he's completely out of his wits, he's still reacting, saving lives, like doing what he what needs to be done. And I think it really goes to to show like he's hmm. good in those in those high pressure situations. Hmm. Hmm. That that's that's a good point. Didn't think about it in that aspect. Huh. So I'm kind of wondering what's gonna come of that. Because I, I could, like, plot-wise right now, it would make sense for Hank to kind of tuck his tail between his legs and kind of just, like, retreat back. But there's some possibility this might push him forward, too. And why that would be, I can't quite guess. Besides, maybe he gets fueled by anger or rage or it, it's not just like that this brutality happened but now he's fighting against brutality because he, he seemed a little bit more clueless when he was fighting against the drug cartels or against you know drug dealers back in his own hometown he, he had a purpose but it was more like you know see a bug you squash it he actually didn't have any real meaning it's just more like instinct and I wonder if this might give him some sort of purpose. Well stated. I, I don't know. I'm probably, I'm probably reading far into it. Also, that's a little bit of meta plotting right there because it, it would be very lackluster if uh, if nothing came from this for Hank. Like, if he just took his tail between his legs and just didn't do anything the rest of the show. I mean, that would be interesting from uh, like a, you know, a meta-meta plot idea, but it wouldn't be interesting from like just a standard plot. So... I, I am metagaming this a little bit. Uh, mm -hmm. What aspects or things discussed do you think are from that whole ordeal? The explosion? Yeah, the total exploding and also the whole interaction with him being there, getting made fun of, and the people who got blown up. Uh, I mean, now they're, they've been in a near-death situation, so in theory, it could immediately ingratiate him and ingrain him into the culture uh, and they can accept him because he was in a near-death situation save somebody's life like they may see him as one of their own now because they've been mm. through something so terrible together hmm hmm that's true because he when it came down to it he was uh an asset and mm. he held it together where they would have expected him to fall apart hmm yeah it, it these people seemed a little extra cruel too because uh, they, they had no cares that this guy was like, this guy's head was on a tortoise. Like, right. Yeah, they've been kind of um, desensitized. And of course, Hank has been desensitized to some degree as well because when he came across uh, the, the, the guy, the guy from Tuco, in the junkyard. Yeah. Oh. Like he, he was kind of doing similar, right? But. I, I don't like, know. Take a, let me take a picture with him, which I think is interesting. Like, at, at he was fine with. Let me take a picture with this dead guy who was cut in half, but then a severed head on a turtle. Like, it makes him ma massively uncomfortable where he's going to vomit. So, like, where did the old Hank go? Hmm. As he has he changed since the shootout to where now he doesn't, he can't stand any amount of of island. Hmm. That, that would create, like, an interesting dynamic, too, because you have Walt, who, like, embraces all violence, 
essentially. And Hank was kind of maybe along that line to some degree, or he saw violence as a commodity, essentially. And now he's becoming more anti-violent in his nature. True. Huh. Yeah. yeah. Which kind of might say that Hank might be the hero of this whole story, which that would be very interesting plot-wise. But let's move on to the next person here, and let's say it's going to be Skyler. So I think the jux of Skyler's plot is that she goes for a job. Uh, she gets a bit pushy, like she does. She knows the guy. There seems to be some sort of romantic bond there, at least from the guy's point of view, because I got that sense of sexual attention. Uh, she works her way into the job, not just as a data entry person, which is like a typically like a low-end job, uh, but uh, a bookkeeper or accounting, which is usually a bit uh, higher tier. And uh, she, she discusses that with Walt, or she keeps it from him, and then it gets revealed. And then Walt's all, she, he's a little bit confused, but he's kind of just running with it because he's got better things on his mind. And then she finds out the guy is still interested in them. And she seems like she's going to utilize this to the best of her extent. And she doesn't quite know what to do. I was having a hard time reading her at that point. But uh, what do you think would be the best thing to tackle first from those plot lines? Um, so, I mean, she, she's starting out and she's trying to, she, she wants to find a job because they're having money issues, right? Uh -huh. Yeah. I think we just start at the beginning and work through. So she immediately, they put it, they put it into perspective, like everyone's staring at how pregnant she is. So the immediate thought of the employer, and it kind of comes across by the secretary is you're going to be leaving us shortly because you're going to be having a baby. So why would we hire somebody that we know is going to be leaving us again shortly, which you've said yourself, it's against the law, but I, that doesn't stop employers from doing it. We, we mm -hmm. know that it just stops them from telling you that's the reason that they're doing it. Um, okay. I, just that, that that's something I didn't quite get. And now it makes sense. Like, I should have made that connection, but I was confused why they're looking at her stomach so much. And mm. I was confused why that girl was being so bitchy. But okay, that, that makes sense for that whole plot dynamic. And on top of that, Skylar Skylar's lied to just about every single person about why she left the company because she told the the um, secretary, yeah, I, were, I used to work here before I left for family reasons. And then she like looks at her stomach. She's like, looks like you're going to be leaving again for family reasons. It's kind of what's going on, right? Mm. And then when she talks to, to Walt, she says, uh, you know, it's said that she left because of like welding fumes or something were unhealthy. So that's why Walt thinks she left. But... Uh, it seems like Marie actually knows what was happening because Marie was like, well, is Mr. Grabby Grab there still? Yeah. Meaning Ted. And she's like, well, yeah, but that was a one-off one situation. That'll never happen again. Mm -hmm. um, so that sounds like it was really the reason she left is because there was some weird sexual assault thing that happened at a Christmas party one year. Mm-hmm. Hmm. She's lied to everybody about why she left to try and save face or whatever. It, maybe Marie, she's going to see through Skylar. She kind of knows. 
or maybe mm. she divulged to Marie, possibly. I mean, Mar- Marie's pretty good about is seemingly getting truth out of her sister. So, and I mean, they're sisters, you know. So, mm-hmm. and Marie's more than happy to go along with keeping things quiet and. She just likes being a part of the the whole thing. And that's why when Skylar, when Walt was like, what's up? And Skylar's like, yeah, I, she's mm-hmm. like, nothing. Mm-hmm. Happy to go along. Yeah. Yeah. Marie's also very good about seeing truth too. Like mm-hmm. she, she's not good at seeing her own truth. Right. So she's very good at avoiding that. But, uh, you know, if she sees something that's happening in a, like a dynamic, like she'll be able to identify that, like, like, oh, this is what's going on. Walt Jr. is kind of like that too, but on a more base level. But, okay. So, and, and, and the person that sexually assaulted her was the same, it's not Ted Sr., but Ted Jr. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And that's kind of why she got the job back, it seems. He's not married anymore. And so, he's pursuing something with that. But yeah, okay, so, uh, Walt's reaction to Huh. I just think about something with Skyler's lying here. Is lying typical of Skyler from what we've seen? When it suits her. Hmm. I feel like she's an everyday liar. Kind of like us. Like, or maybe maybe not like you, but like, <laughs> like me, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> Why sometimes when it suits me? A lot of times they're white lies, or if you don't want to discuss something with somebody, you might just give, like, another answer as opposed to that one. Hmm. Uh, like, she, she, she doesn't go out of her way to lie. She doesn't get, like, vindication or anything out of it, but sometimes she does it to suit her needs. Okay. But Walt's reaction to that, did I read that correctly? Because the way I saw Walt's reaction to that was, like, he was curious and a little bit confused, and she was trying to process it, but then he was just too enamored by his whole business venture, and also yeah, the cancer. He seems, he seems to to care a very little bit, and he's immediately like, "Okay, whatever." Huh. I, what I think super interesting is when Walt Jr.'s like, "Hey, Dad, what's you see what Mom's wearing?" and he's just like, "Oh my God, is there a funeral?" <laughs> like his first thought is. Of death, hmm. which is very, very interesting. Why did he think that? I, I, I get that, like that was his first thought, but that did not look like funeral attire to me. I don't know. You think there's a little bit? I of, think it, it goes to his mindset. Hmm. There could be a little bit of symbology with that because it's some sort of, uh, I don't know, foreshadowing. Heisenberg's death because that was foreshadowed this episode I guess this episode was a lot about death and also a lot about like uh, relationships you know, kind of reaching out uh, but hmm. like maybe her going to that job will be the death of that relationship as kind of seen with the crack in the picture in some extent maybe hmm. I mean it's, I know the the title of the episode was Negri Azul or Black and Blue Mm-hmm. which that's what she was wearing. She was wearing all black and blue. Hmm. Hmm. It's very interesting. Yeah. Which, of course, is a bruise, right? Black and blue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Huh. 
my, my brain's going a little bit too crazy here because I I'm just getting plot ideas of where this could go. Uh-huh. All right, I'm, well, let's stick on on what happened and, and analyzing that. And we can... Okay, okay, keep me focused. All right, so Walt doesn't care too too much, uh, and he sees death and everything. He's becoming a uh, scene, which is pretty cool. Go Walt! Yeah. And she goes cool. to the job. Some weird sexual tension. She realizes what's about, and. Just crack picture frame and stuff like that, which could could just mean that this is gonna come between the relationship. It's gonna kind of disconnect her from Walt. It could mean maybe she's gonna pursue Ted, which I don't think would be the case. But maybe she might do it as some sort of spite. Doesn't seem likely. It's interesting that Ted's still interested, regardless of her being like pregnant. And also having a kid. I mean, he's got kids himself, so I guess there's that. But, you know, it's not typical that someone's into someone even while they're pregnant. Like, just a little bit interesting. And then she seems kind of dismissive and also just wants to work and maybe get through with it. I, I don't know. What's your reading of that whole situation? She understands the situation and is fine with it as long as it suits her needs and she i think she gen genuinely doesn't think he will uh like overstep his bounds but he may try and progress things and that she's going to be she feels that she's in control because he's fucked up in the past so she can kind of use it to her advantage while also not like overstepping any boundaries so she can kind of walk that razor's edge mm her own gain hmm. okay i gotcha so she needs the money and i yeah. don't think she know uh, she i don't think she thinks there's any other way because like what other place is going to hire other than one where she has some sort of reason that they he, like ted owes her you know mm -hmm. hmm. i see so she's kind of extorting his uh past immorality but also he's still kind of a bit immoral here so he's also exploiting that factor too. Maybe. I mean, he hasn't said anything that it indicates that directly, mm -hmm. maybe indirectly given, you know, what we know. But I think if we didn't think that there was any sexual tension there and they were just friends, then all of that would be normal. Hmm. So I think he's also walking that line between and attesting the waters, but letting her lead and that's the exact situation that's ideal for her. Although the really ideal situation would be she doesn't have to deal with this at all. At least if she does have to deal with this in order to have a job, she can be in control of it. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. I, I, I'm less worried about Ted now. Because I, I think maybe my reading of him was mostly based off Skylar's kind of reaction or kind of her facial expressions. And what she was feeling like she had to deal with, but she does seem like she's pretty in control of this. And if she feels like she's in control, then she probably is in control for the most part. It might, it might, you know, get out of hand. But it's, it's, I mean, and you may, you may be reading the situation better than me. I'm just, we, we don't always see eye to eye, and I think so far historically, you've had a better sense on like how situations have unfolded than I have. So. Uh -huh. Mm -hmm. And for those who aren't aware, you know, being this far into the episode, I haven't seen up to this point. 
we've seen all of it, but we just started a while ago, so his memory's still a bit fuzzy. Uh, so, you know, but uh, uh, Meter's not going to give me any spoilers on any things or any hints. Uh, I, I'm doing a, a, my best to separate my future knowledge from current situations and say, how do I feel in the current situation without knowing anything going forward? Yeah, which, which is pretty difficult to do if you haven't done it before. Uh, some people it comes naturally, but a lot of people it's really hard. So I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what comes out of the Skylar, Skylar plot. I feel like it sets it's up like a money. lot of things. Yeah, sorry, go on. But I don't know where it can head. Besides, maybe Skylar becoming independent. Hmm. So moving on from Skylar, uh, we'll we'll cover kind of the the Walt side of things. Oh, did you have something? Yeah, I mean, there there is one thing to consider, too, that maybe Walt is considering when he's being kind of dismissive of the situation. Not only is he, you know, kind of in his own thing and excited for his own growth and expansion, but maybe he's thinking, you know, okay, now she's going to have somewhere to be all day and she's going to have her own, you know, things to do that are completely separate from me. Maybe now I can kind of do what I need to do without her noticing as much. maybe this is a good thing for walt because she's you know got her own shit going on hmm hmm yeah yeah that 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 is like a side benefit to walt i mean though i, I guess they are kind of already disconnected in, in some sort of ways but i, I don't know their, their relationship's kind of confusing right now yeah it, it, it's kind of like uh two enemies that need each other or maybe not enemies but two people who fell out of love that kind of need each other or yeah. probably Skylar needing Walt a little bit more. Uh, so with Walt, there was the part where he was in chemistry and he was talking to that kid and the kid gave what we can assume to be a lie he started just like testing buzzwords to see if they would stick is kind of my reading of it. And then Walt was just like, that's bullshit. No, you're not going to pass. And he had a, like a bite there. I, I think it's the best way to put it. I Usually the way I put it is aggression, but I think a bite's probably more accurate. Yep. And yeah, he, he's using a little bit of what his newfound Heisenberg in his everyday life to overcome situations when people are talking with him mm-hmm. and the kids seem to be very horrified by it like just just caught off guard which you know i'd probably be caught off guard myself if that happened but i guess that's what you get for uh you know kind of giving such a bad lie you, you got to give great lies like uh uh fugue state exactly <laughs> That whole that whole lesson he was giving was super interesting, right? Talking about bonds. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Drag my memory. He's talking about bonds. Yeah, and he was saying, like, you know, bonds are what make matter matter. They're what bind uh, things together on a chemistry level and in a literal level uh, between, um, you know, chemical bonds or... Uh, 
really, I think he's talking about relationships here. He's talking about what bonds people together like in real life, in between, you know, in like a, a social way. Um, and he's kind of talking about family in that way. And he's talking about uh, his, he's talking about Jesse. He's talking about like he's, him and Jesse are bonded together. Uh, and there's the these forces that are holding them together and making them together a thing, hmm. be it a family or a business. Or I think that was kind of what they were getting at there is Walt is, Trying to explain bonds on a chemistry level, but it's also kind of pertinent to his whole existence. Hmm. I think the phrase was it makes it's what makes matter matter, like matter as like meaning kind of play there. And so that is probably the, the better thing because that's the kind of thing the theme was like uh, forming new relationships and kind of the death of relationships. And I guess the the more general way to put that is it's like bonds in general. Yep. And so after that whole lesson there, uh, Walt gets the phone out from the uh, the top there, calls Jesse. Uh, and I don't know if this is. Uh, let me reconsider. Okay, I'm gonna make the claim here. Uh, Walt was worried about Jesse. Because what Walt said was, hey, you don't have to go through with, you know, taking care of business. Because he was worried that Jesse was or had gotten into trouble taking out of business. And he was trying to, like, because that's what he thought happened. Maybe if he got a home before it happened, I, I don't know. It, it's one weird psychological thing that happens that you do when you get someone improper advice. And he was having some sort of guilt and worry there. Which is intriguing because Hank, not Hank, uh, Walt does care a lot about Jesse, as, as shown by that. It's also intriguing in the juxtaposition between him giving, having no mercy and telling this kid to apply himself, even if it means now he has to go to summer school over two points on a test, and then him reaching out to Jesse and being and offering mercy and saying, like, you don't have to do, you know, this extra thing. Let's just scrap that whole, you know, summer school, if you will. Hmm. Hmm. I think it's also interesting that now he has a separation between work and home where he's keeping his phone at work, his work phone, right, mm -hmm. at work, and it's above his normal classroom stuff. So I think that's kind of symbolic of hmm. his business being kind of above, but it's still work. And hmm. it's separate from his home. Hmm. All of that's working because the last time he had his phone at the house, like every time the phone calls have been happening through the house, be it the cell phone or his home phone, it's always caused issues. And right now there's no issues being caused in the family because these things are separate. Hmm. Hmm. That, that's a very interesting point there. I'm trying to catch up to you in your nightstand theory that was fucking genius, so... All right. I, <laughs> got a lot of ground to make up. Uh, okay. I, I'm gonna have to, like, come up with something good here, so I'm gonna say this. There's three different levels to this. I'm trying to one-up you right. here. So, uh -huh. there's... It, for, for people who aren't aware, in the brain, there's, like, three different layers of brain. There's the reptile brain, 
alien brain and then kind of the human brain, essentially, which is unique to humans. So we exist, at least in the school or in Walt's family, on the, like the human level. The meth almost always gets made in the basement, or that's kind of the big thing there, which is that's kind of the primal, reptilian sort of side, the aggression, let's say. And then Jesse in the phone exists up here in his human brain, and that's where his thoughts are. So that that's my attempt. That was a failure. No, I think that's really cool. Uh, I think it's also interesting that in taking the phone out of, you know, the ceiling and bringing it back down into the classroom and calling his former student who he at the time at the in the past had said the same exact thing he just said to the guy he kicked out of his room. Mm. No, apply yourself. It's not good enough. I'm not accepting almost and kind of calling him from that same classroom and saying you you are applying in a way saying you are applying yourself now you mm -hmm. this is good enough yeah even if it falls short like i may be demanding too much of you mm. yeah. it's kind of an interesting callback in a way yeah. old jesse and new jesse and his respect and the bond that they have now is different mm -hmm. i think the biggest issue that walt has is that he'll say stuff without thinking through the implications of it or like he's like take care of it and then eventually gets to thinking like oh what does taking care of it actually mean like what does that actually entail or can tell that jesse's gonna die oh i didn't think that out or like there's a whole thing we should expand our business but he doesn't think about like the implication of other drug dealers getting mad about that like he has these goals and there's just these ideas he just throws out there but he he doesn't really think about what the re repercussions might be of it. It's my sense. So, moving on to the the part beyond that. So, I'm trying to remember what happens after that. So he goes to Jesse's, goes to Jesse's house. Jesse's house, yeah. And he's just like banging on the door, and somehow he knows Jesse's in there. That that's what I don't get. Because this well, I like, said your car's outside. Oh, okay. That's how. Okay. And that's why she was covering for him to some extent. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, she wasn't really covering. She was kind of gatekeeping, but. Okay. Gatekeeping. I, I hear you. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, yeah. Uh, so, okay. Okay. Th that makes more sense. And then I guess we, we can just like move on to like the Jesse slash uh, Walt part of this. Uh, so she. she she doesn't really help him out, get in, and he knows he's there because that's the car. I, I didn't catch that part. But anyway, he eventually gets to the door. He was obviously, like, ignoring him. Uh, also with the calls. And Walt is kind of dissatisfied with Jesse. He's like, what did you do? And then it's back and forth there. And he starts doing... Hold on. Was it before this or after this? I, I don't know. There's a point where Walt starts doing a motivational speech about compound interest. That was the weirdest thing. Compound interest? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, he was like, we invest in this now, and then we get the, the dividends of it. I don't... I don't remember that. Uh, 
I'm pretty sure Jesse said something. He, he reflected something that when he went to the, the museum and said, hey, yeah, bitch, compound interest. I, maybe I'm off on this, but essentially he's getting more. Oh, okay. He said exponential growth. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Exponential growth, which is a function of compound interest. Or exponential growth That's is usually. Versa, but... Okay. I reading a little bit too much into it, but essentially he was say he was being like a little motivational speaker right there, like a self-help guru. Like mm. that that was very entertaining to watch. And I felt like I was watching a different show to some part. What are your thoughts on that whole part? Yeah, I mean, it was comedic, but it also kind of showed that, like, uh, how Jesse views Walt and is able to, like, change his his mind about things, even when kind of make Jesse feel good about something that before had made him feel like shit. Uh, he hadn't left his house, so he was not in a good place, and then Walt comes over, and now Jesse's good again. So, like, I think it... Jesse needed Walt to to kind of bring him back out of it and tell him he's a blowfish. Hmm. Hmm. In a way, and this is where I think some of the metaphor come in, comes in here. I think I understand this metaphor now because Jesse talked about getting a TV a bit. And with this motivational speech, I mean, part of that was to say, you're a blowfish, people won't fuck with you because, you know, you're, you're, you're tough. But uh, part of it was putting Jesse's aim on the future goals, like the, the end, right? And that's kind of what motivates Walt in a large part, too. And it's kind of like Jesse gets motivated by that. And then he has this want and to get a TV, which I think is kind of symbolic of the same sort of thing. He gets the TV. Number one, he can't use it because it's not connected to anything. There's no signal. Uh, but number two... It's just kind of like, oh, this is it. Like, like he's not fulfilled by it, which I think is some foreshadowing that's going to happen here where Jesse might get what he wants, but then maybe that's not really what he wanted or to some effect like that. Okay. <laughs> so I, th I thought you were considering something. Look, you had a thinking face on. Okay, okay. That, that's just what I'm throwing out there. Uh, and so Jesse does get motivated by this. Well, actually, let's go to Heisberg. Heisberg goes to the museum and they do the exchange. There's a whole bomb there. That bomb does come back later in the whole Hank thing. But I think it's a metaphor for everything blowing up. Uh, and uh, Walt gets the money he realizes there's this whole rumor and then he doesn't deny the rumor because he realizes this rumor is like a weapon he can use, use himself, right? It's something they can use to their advantage. And I think that's where he came back and started giving Jesse the motivational speech. Yep. And then Jesse gets reinvigorated and then uh, he kind of uses that a little bit to his advantage and he starts getting like the high energy stuff with the guys and say, like, okay, we're going to have a whole like level here chain, but, uh, duh. and it seems like it's working out pretty well for him. Mm -hmm. So then beyond that, J Jesse seems interested in Jane is her name. Yep. And 
she's she's good at drawing, so they have a connection there. There was a little bit of sexual tension, I think, when they first were there. And uh, Jesse kind of awkwardly flirts with her, but she gets invited in, and they bond over a blank TV. I think Jesse had said, like, when he first moved in, he had talked about putting a TV right there at some point. I know he had said it to the to his his crew. Um, he said, like, oh, yeah, we're going to be a big flat screen. It's going to go right here and point it to exactly where he ends up putting it. So maybe there's something to that of him actually following through on some of the things he says he's going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and also of him when he goes outside and he smokes a cigarette at, with her and kind of comes clean about things, he's like trying to set everything right and and invites her in, in a literal sense and a figurative sense. Hmm. It's like, all right, come behind the curtain with me, even though she was already there. It's the gesture that matters, not necessarily the actuality of the truth. She already knows the truth. And, and him to actually try and get them in the same spot and he's trying really hard in an awkward way to get them to be able to talk about something the tv isn't there so it's not quite what it promised it's just literally just the tv and he's <laughs> trying to talk it up uh and then you know she's the one who actually reaches out and, and bridges that difficult gap of you know, actually making a, a connection hmm. Hmm. i gotta say i like jane quite a bit she's cool I think she has a good sense of uh, morality, if that makes any sense to say. Okay. How do you say that? Uh, Well, she's like, you know, I don't really care what you do as long as you do it out there. You know, just don't bring it in here. Uh, You know, she wasn't letting Walt in. Uh, You know, kind of playing guard. Uh, She gives him a chance and everything. So, I, I don't know. Maybe it's a little bit of a stretch there, but I think she's just kind of like cool and relaxed, is the way I'd put it. Like, like she's not too stern, not too, not too crazy. Uh, hmm. uh, I, I think another part to this is that uh, Walt has some crazy, crazy dreams here. Like, he 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 went from like, you know, let's make some money to let's own this whole area. Hmm. Which, like, it's going a little bit fast, Walt. That, 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 that's going way too fast. Didn't he say he needed, like... I know it was at least six digits, but I think it was, like, over 200 grand? hmm That's a lot of money. And if they're pulling in, you know, that one cook they pulled in, what, 32 large? Mm. Um, so, you know, that's... all have to have that but i think that was half of it so i think really let's say each cook they pull in thirty-two thousand. like that's still going to be 10 full cooks before they get to where they need to be maybe eight but even still that's a lot and it took them a long time and people died like Mm -hmm. maybe he's thinking let's accelerate this whole thing plus we see him coughing a lot more now he's hiding the coughing oh yeah that was, I thought that was a little weird. Hmm. Did you, oh, do you have any, any thoughts on that? Cause he went into the bathroom 
and turned on the shower and then started coughing. So he was like super hiding it from his family. Is there implication there that he's getting worse? Maybe. I got confused with that myself. Because when he went to the shower and turned the shower on, I thought maybe he was trying to hide a smell because maybe he was cooking meth. Or maybe his maybe he was cooking meth and he was uh, he inhaled some gases and those gases were making him cough. But I don't know if that was the implication there or if it's just a matter of just the cancer. Yeah, I don't I don't think they cooked anything. Hmm. Maybe they did. Maybe that's what. No, because that was just a music video. I was going to say maybe that was part of what the opening cinematic was, was them like cooking again out in the RV. But I don't think so. I don't think there's been any indication that they have cooked since the last time they cooked. Hmm. This is where it gets a little bit tough, though, because either it's implied. We just figure that's how they're getting their supply or it's it's. uh I don't know. It didn't happen. And maybe the safest is best it's cancer, but then why is he hiding his coughing? Maybe he doesn't want to. I mean, the last time that he went to the doctor, like he's been going without Skylar, right? Yeah. So maybe he's trying to keep that separate from them as well. He doesn't want them to know that he's still in a shitty state. Hmm. I think he's done with the chemo. Yeah, yeah, I thought he was doing better. Yeah, like I did as well, but maybe we'll find out more. Yeah. I, I I just think that's an interesting little tidbit that I, at the time I was confused by. I thought he was running into the other room to like because he had all of that money with him, right? Mm-hmm. I thought he was going to do something with that, but we don't even see what he's done, doing with the money, especially the bloody money. Like, what did he do with that? And you know, we don't know. All very interesting stuff. The only other possibility I can think of is that he is starting to get a bit of pride or ego or he needs to not appear weak for some reason. And he sees his coughing as a sign of weakness. And he's trying to hide that. Yeah, especially as Jesse is... Maybe maybe he's blowfishing too a bit. Where Jesse has this new inflated... Um, heir to him and so does Walt for that matter as Heisenberg you know he goes as Heisenberg to meet the dealers which we have never seen him do anything like that before um, since Tuco at least mm-hmm. uh, so super interesting that he went down onto Jesse's level and kind of handled some of Jesse's business for him and you know used that to his advantage and all of that but very interesting hmm. so is there any other plot deals you could think of to cover before I go into my hypothesis? Okay. So this is my big bang, my big bang theory, my big brain theory here, which uh, I I don't know if it's going to be right. Who cares? This is where the fun ends. Uh, And I am going to be metagaming just a slight bit here. And for anyone who hasn't seen the show and wants the complete surprise, uh, feel free just to tune this part out. Or just move on. So, uh, I've seen the thumbnail that we have uh, Saul Goodman in the next episode. And just through osmosis, I've learned that Saul is like a meth dealer uh, who is a competitor or something. I don't know. He's another meth dealer, like a big one or something like that. 
So there's this whole foreshadowing about Walt dying. And then there's these other kind of plot details of like, how can the plot continue on with this kind of family drama going on between Walt and Skyler? Because we, we could have that going on for the next couple seasons. But I feel like it kind of constrains the plot in a lot of ways. So I think writing-wise, what the writer's going to do is Walt is going to get off in some sort of way. Walt is going to die, but it's going to be a conspiracy between him and Saul Goodman. And Saul essentially is going to kill him off, you know, and essentially recruiting through the service. Kind of the same thing that Tuco did. Like, like I, I think that's what my theory is. Like, he's going to kill Heisenberg, metaphorically, save him from the cartel, but also introduce him into his own cartel. Okay. Because that, 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 that's my theory. Is it, is it okay. a good one? Probably not. But I, I mean, obviously I can't say anything, right? And <laughs> unless you want me to, I can, but don't, don't. don't. Okay. That's uh, where I thought we were. Uh, but that that's just my idea. Cause I can't really see like the cartels being wait, like the cartels from Mexico being a big player in this. Like I can see them being some player, but I feel like it has to be a little bit closer to home in some way. Uh and it, it, it's it's just just something I've been thinking about because I don't know how the plot continues at their house, the whole thing. And also we saw in one of those like little uh, things at the beginning, like where they're singing, we saw what was, it kind of looked like Heisenberg on the ground, dead. It was hard to see, a little bit ambiguous, so it kind of looked like him from the side, but it's done it up in a way where it could have been anybody, right? It could have been someone who was dressed up like Heisenberg, like like like, like a stage. Oh, uh, in the music video? Yeah. That was just a music video. It wasn't. It wasn't literal. It was them showing off like the um what they were singing about. It wasn't foreshadowing. Nothing, it. I mean, it might be foreshadowing, but it's. It wasn't like it would be foreshadowing. It wasn't foreshadowing like a. I've done before where that guy finds, you know, Tuco's grill and then at the end of the episode they throw in like it's not like a one for one foreshadowing if it's foreshadowing. Mm. It would be more of a like I don't it, know, metaphysical it, it, foreshadowing. An illustration of their aim. Well, I just wanna uh, I, that wasn't like a, a shot that's going to be used in the future in okay. any regard. It was it was literally like them shooting a music video. Uh-huh. I could see it being maybe not that shot in particular, but a shot like it. Where mm. we have somebody that looks like Heisenberg, you know, dead somewhere. And then the cartel finds him and they're like, Oh hey, uh, this is Heisenberg. Somehow we know how he looks mm. like he's dead. And then they move on and then he's really like somewhere else. Okay. But that's just my my, my metagaming there. Uh, right on. So, I think the only other thing to say about this episode is that uh, 
I think I was missing my favorite character from the show. A character we actually haven't talked about for a while. Lewis. Um, Lewis? I, I thought we were over Lewis. What? How dare you? Like, remember, like, when they kind of jumped the shark with him? They compared him to the baby? What? I don't remember. So, someone get Walt some goddamn raisin bran crunch, though. Not that hard. It says crunch right on the box. Raisin bran crunch. I had a dumb joke about something. I wish I could remember it. Because it, right. it's going to be really funny. And then you would have been like, oh. ha, 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 ha. And I'm like, yep, that was me. Uh, the most important character? Yeah, the baby. Oh, yeah. So Maybe he was in this one a lot. Was it though? What she if, called it a big. She called it a big lunch. So, oh, I know where that's going. So, there's a whole mythical sort of story about the overbearing mother eating your children because essentially she overbears on the child so much that the child stops being in them or they aren't allowed to grow, and essentially she eats her children as a, as like. A consequence of her overbearingness. I think that's what the metaphor is because the baby is going to be eaten ultimately by Skylar. And that's how and why she sees the baby as a lunch. I mean, it, of course, it's a joke played off right there, but that's actually like some long term foreshadowing for like uh, the spinoff series. Oh, called okay. The Baby. Oh, The Baby. The Baby. I had to see that spinoff series. Or maybe it's good it's going to be like season five. I don't know. That, that, that could be interesting. Awesome. We're only in what season two? Is that right? I thought we're in season three. Think about it though. We're only in season two, and what's what's all happens? Hmm. Let's see here. What what up? Oh, we're in episode eight for next one. Interesting. Oh, where did I go? Where did you go? Oh, that's interesting. There you are. Okay, so I think that's where we're gonna end it. So if you guys want to leave a comment, you can. If 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 you don't. You can. And if you want, you know, that'd be cool. Subscribe. And also, hey, guess what? Meter, you have something to plug, don't you? I want you to do it. Ding, 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 ding. And as always, next time on Pep and React, we have another episode of Breaking Bad. You guys have a great day. Peace.